0: Welcome to the Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. This is our habit show. What we prioritize and work towards what we give the most value in our lives. So, how about assigning intentionally empowering meanings and value to the things that really do matter to us in our lives? This is a mental habit of Rock Thomas, which he shares with us here in our Habits show. Rock was our guest in show 675, where our focus was changing the way we see ourselves. Other things we hit on in this show, he's 56 and he can do 57 push-ups. He's in prime health. He grew up in a family with not really any good habits, he says. So healthy relational habits have been a weak area for him. He highly values a strong work work ethic and and blind faith. His personal pursuits are the piano that he's pursuing later in life, golfing, biking, swimming, and he loves dancing. It was just an inspiring run through one of today's premier influencers, his healthy habits. Get Rock's book. If you haven't, the power of your identity, it's free and take the life assessment at rockthomas.com. All right, here we go with Rock Thomas's healthy habits and some new perspectives I think you'll want to adopt for your own habits. Well, Rock, it's always interesting for me to talk through the Habits Show with somebody who uh, lives and teaches habits good healthy habits we just talked about them in the show the original one 675 folks don't miss that one as a preface to this i in it we ended i said there's some questions i still had for him but i was going to save them for right here you know the number one spoke is physical and nutrition which i love seeing at your site uh rockthomas.com that you start you have the, the personal assessment i would really encourage everybody to do it it's a great snapshot of where you are and you start off with the physical and nutrition and yet in our first show together i also appreciated when you said to To some degree, you said starting with the physical aspect, the energy that you're able to bring to any uh, anything you're doing is a foundational piece. Uh, So I appreciate that. That's our number one one as well. So what do you rock Thomas today? What are the primary things that you employ for your daily physical and nutrition habits? I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table.
1: Well, I think we've been drugged by the food industry, and after studying from a lot of different people that have great levels of energy, I realized you don't really need to eat that much. So the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is I do something called prime my body, agitate my body. So I move my body, whether it's 57 push-ups or actually getting on my bike, heading to the gym, swimming, working out, what have you. On days when I'm not doing too much, I'll often spend three hours at the gym. I like it. It's a bit of a ritual. I'll play tennis, and then I'll go work out, and I'll go sit in the steamer and meditate and do a cold plunge and then have something to eat and then maybe do some stretching or play a little basketball or something like that or do a yoga class. So I love to work out and be physical. But when I'm, you know, back to my hard-charging years, when I was building my businesses, it was more about a 45-minute workout first thing in the morning. As far as the nutrition piece is concerned, it usually starts with eight ounces of water because our bodies tend to be hydrated more than people know. And I eat very light. So the morning might be a banana, might be some oatmeal, might be some eggs and uh, honestly, I love salad. I'm very blessed. I love salad. So I eat salad generally twice a day, some fish and some chicken. And then once in a while, I'll have something else. I snack on things like almonds, and um, I don't eat a lot. I really don't eat a lot. Uh, I have a tiny stomach. And like I said, Eating is overrated. 50% of our energy is used to digest food, and most of the food that most people eat is crap. So, you know, you're just like, okay, let me put crap in my body, slow myself down, cause my body to have to work really hard to either store it in fat cells to protect it from my bloodstream or to digest it and then get rid of it and tire myself down. Last time you had Thanksgiving and you ate a whole bunch and pumpkin pie, Did you have massive amounts of energy or did you feel like sitting on the couch and doing nothing? So people think that sleeping and food give them energy. It's actually the opposite. It's living a passionate, purposeful life and eating less and being more active energy creates energy. So it's not that complicated. It's not that sexy. I'm not a foodie. A lot of people love food and they have rituals around it. I'm not that individual, but, uh, it's worked for me and allowed me to, um, remain ruggedly handsome and at 57 years old I often uh, compete with 20 year olds in push-up contests and usually beat them because when you pay the price of practice in private you get to perform like a public in, 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 uh, like a pro in public and because I do it consistently um, you know I have a stamina around that and I believe honestly energy is the edge and my father died of cancer at 62. And I started to study what were some of the criteria that create that. Like, you can model anything, Kevin. So if you want to be really fat, go to a fat person and say, well, what do you eat? Mm -hmm. And how do you exercise? And what do you do after dinner? And you'll learn that they sit around and they eat potato chips and they snack and do different things. And if you want to gain weight, do that and you'll gain weight. If you want to be somebody who's incredibly healthy and have a lot of energy, then go to somebody that has that. And model that. It's not that complicated. So you just have to decide what's the result that you want. Find the person that has
0: it and pick their brain and then lean into it. I mean, I love your habits there. I I am a foodie and yet I'm right with you. I don't eat that much. We have too much uh, too much uh, research on the benefits of not eating that much, and yeah, the, the, the amount of energy we have to go through to process our food. So my perspective is actually given to me by my business partner, who's a doc. He said we got to be able to eat lunch and go for a run afterwards. So bank your mounts on there, and I love the 57 push-ups at uh, at the at the age of 56 right now because that's been another one. We've got pull-up bars here in the office. I've got them at my house. And said, I want to be the 80-year-old guy who can do 10 pull-ups. The only way I'm going to be that guy is if I'm doing them every single day. So we'll have that contest when we get together at some point as well. Uh, Family and friends, Rock, is the next one. And the things that you do to keep those close relationships in your life – healthy and well. And you talked, gosh, it was in the last show and you talked about going through a kind of a a season or cycle with your family during real estate time that early in the year, when most of the sales are happening, you uh, would admittedly say, Hey, I'm not going to be around as much, but the next eight months I'm going to commit to you. I mean, you had some intentional things. So that's what I'm, I'm pressing into with your family, with your close friends, those who mean a lot to you. What are the habits you employ for those healthy relationships?
1: You know, I think if anything, that might be the area of weakness for me because I grew up in a family that didn't have any traditions, mm. and I think I could have done a better job there. Um, I always took my kids away for two weeks at Christmas. I did get divorced, so there were some complications around scheduling, being with the mom, etc. Uh, but I always had tradition around taking them and doing something really cool and fun with them and creating treasure hunts and, and things like that that were very creative, fun, and, um, and, and active-based. I, four years ago, bought my 79-year-old mother a house and moved into the house with her for a period of time while we did some renovations to work through some things that weren't complete with her. And today we have a phenomenal relationship, and I will um, call her probably twice a week and have a little chit-chat. She's what we call a mismatcher, or has been most of her a mismatcher. So if you say... Oh you know, gosh, the beautiful day! Out. She goes well. Yes, but it's probably going to rain. She's one of these, you know, contrarian people. But recently, she's done some work, and she's not like that anymore. And it's become much more pleasant conversation. I've had some incidents where I cut the um, carrots inappropriately in the kitchen, and she'll she'll because she came from a scarcity mindset. With, um, with with going through the war, I cut three carrots in a row and I cut a little bit too much off for her liking. She would literally throw like a green pepper at my head. And for a while, I had a difficulty relating to my mom because I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel seen. But we've done a lot of work and we worked through that and it's great. With my kids, we have this little app called, um, not Boomerang, but uh, Marco Polo where you can record a video Mm -hmm. and it's like a a text message to that person or the group of the three of my kids. So we communicate because I live in Phoenix and they live in Los Angeles and Montreal. We can communicate a little bit more pictorially that way. And so I've nurtured the relationship that way. As far as friends, I have two mastermind groups that I started six years ago called Go GoBundance and M1. And I have over 500 people in those groups. And the first group is 200 men. So I've worked consciously on developing more male relationships because men generally don't do that so well as women. So I've, I've made a comeback, I think, Kevin, from a kid that grew up with parents that were not social at all and had no traditions. I mean, on Christmas Day, I remember installing a door in, in a house on an extension, and birthdays were a pain in the butt for my dad. So I've had to work a little bit in that area, and there's still room for improvement for me, quite frankly.
0: You know, I will have to say, folks, um, if you go to Rock's website, rockthomas.com, and he does talk about M1 and talks about some of the work he's doing in those groups, I have heard more and more and more in, in recent months, years on masterminds. We tend to think about those for business growth and whatnot, and yet I keep hearing from men specifically, I'm sure it's just as much with women, but I happen to hang out with guys. And that they, the biggest benefit, yeah, they got great ideas. They got a million dollar idea. They grew their business, yada, yada. But the biggest benefit is just the flat out friendships. And uh, I see pictures of people going to, you know, events. And the biggest, the best thing is that they went to the beach together. They went to the restaurant together and they built these lasting relationships. So there's my testimony to, to, to what I'm seeing in masterminds and right to what rock said. But yeah, go to his site. You can see what he's doing there. Third spoke rock is mental. Uh, obviously a, a substantial one. And I'm sure that you have some specific things that you're doing in your daily life. What well, we talked about in the last show about standing guard uh, at the door of your mind. And we ended the show, I think, with that, with that perspective. So what are the mental habits you're employing on a pretty much daily, if not momentary basis? Well,
1: I think I'd be remiss not to say gratitude is a muscle and practicing mm-hmm. gratitude is something that we can all do. And it can be just like this morning I was lying in bed and I woke up and I'm like, man, this is the greatest bed. It's cozy. It's warm. And just appreciating that before I got up. I played the piano for an hour and a half at 530 this morning and just thought, how lucky am I that I get to do that? So I think an attitude of gratitude, as cliche as it is, is really, really important. The second piece I would say, though, is that nothing in life has meaning until you assign a meaning to it. And I really believe I've gotten very good at assigning empowering meanings. So if you have a deal with a client, the contract dies, a lot of people respond to that in a negative way and go, I can't believe it, I put in all that effort into it, now the deal dies, this person's a liar, they don't follow through on their word, and they disempower themselves, they fall victim to the environment. I was at the airport the other day, and they announced that the flight was gonna be delayed by two hours, we had to change gates. And you could see the room, the physiology of the room drop and people yeah. like, oh, and watch them pre-playing all of the problems in their life. And I purposely stood up, put my hands up in the air. And I said to myself, I said, who am I going to meet? Huh? and got up started walking to the other gate and i'm looking around i'm looking around i'm like positively setting intention bringing energy to the moment and there's john asraf and i wanted to meet john asraf I, I don't know if you know him but he's uh he was in the secret he's a personal development guy so i just beeline straight to him because i felt this was the intention this was what was meant to be the meaning of me missing that flight was to meet somebody else who was going to empower my life and give me a new change and I walked right up to him and said, John, I was supposed to meet you. Rock Thomas. And he goes, how do we know each other? I go, I don't know. But my flight was delayed by two hours and I was supposed to meet you. He goes, "Well, wow, that's cool. I'm glad we're meeting. And he was just bought right into my energy. We changed numbers, introduced me to his two sons. And then we ended up, uh, he ended up coming on my podcast. He sent me his book. And we've had this incredible relationship since. Yeah. Same event. Different response, a conscious response to use what's available. So to me, what's my habit? My habit is to constantly say, what's great about this? What's great about this? How do I use this? How do I get better? How do I grow? How do I learn? How do I celebrate? How do I appreciate? And then you talk about the tool to a positive attitude is just to expect things to work out, to serve you even when it's a bend in the road that you weren't expecting lost all my hair to alopecia. I thought, what's great about this? Never have a bad hair day again in my life, (laughs) save money on shampoo, (laughs) save time to get my hair cut. And now I, I'm a member of massage envy. I get massages. And once a month, I purposely walk out of that place And I say all the money I saved on shampoo and haircuts paid for my massage. And I literally physically, because physical is memorable, I go, yes, alopecia. Thank you for that massage. So nothing has meaning but the meaning we give it. I could for the rest of my life go, my God, I lost all my hair. I'm bald. I look older. Or I turn it around and I have it serve me. And I think that... Maybe the greatest habit you could ever have is to appreciate everything around you utilize what's around you and make the best of it. And when you build that muscle, you become a champion, you become a hero, you become a leader, and people look at you when it goes down, they go, rock, will figure it out. Yeah.
0: Uh, That aspect of taking that gratitude in embracing it recognizing it goes to we recently interviewed Rick Hansen he has the the book' it's yeah, hard hardwiring yeah he is hardwiring happiness but his new one's resilient I don't know how the show number in front of me but folks uh, you'll hear a lot more on that well hey I'm going to take that also as as divine I have uh, I think it was last week I got this book you'll you'll recognize that. Uh, by John Asaraf. I don't, uh, I I can't say that I know him, but I guess his publicist, uh, or or PR company, whatever. I have a signed copy actually from him. I looked at it. I was immediately intrigued, but I haven't followed up with him. So I am now going to take up, uh, that recommendation. I'll drop your name and say, remember that airport. Okay. Beautiful. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news,
0: Hey, the next one here is financial. And I do know enough about your story rock to know that you, uh, we talked about it in the first show that you went, uh, from, uh, at the bottom of the barrel financially. And now, as you've talked about, you don't need to work another day in your life. So obviously some significant things, obviously you've made a lot of money, but what are the habits that you have employed to get where you're at? And maybe some of those that you still do financially to keep yourself well there.
1: So two things that I tell people, if you bring these two things, I can help you become a millionaire, financially free. Number one is work ethic. Show up early, stay late, be willing to do whatever your mentor instructs you to do. A little blind faith there, if you will. And the second thing is passionate curiosity, is just be really, really a great student. I say that my ability to capture the essence of something and apply that into my life at a level of mastery even more right now is what separates me from most people most people if you you know you're you're a speaker a trainer you you watch people at a seminar most people not everybody but most people are not taking notes they're not really very enthusiastic or energetic so they're just waiting for life to pour something into their brain what i'm learning i'm leaning in I'm paying attention. I'm looking for the nuances, for the distinction. And I'm thinking, how do I utilize that? And when will I utilize that? As soon as possible and ingrain it into my brain and then practice it over and over and over again. So that is part of my identity. And then I'm now evolved. I've grown and I have a new tool on my two belt. So for me, you know, success has come financially by paying attention to other people's Um, success as I did with real estate. And then you start looking around you. For instance, today, Airbnb is a thing. So I have Airbnbs. Toro, you know, you can rent your car and you can create revenue when you're out of town. So we teach people how to do that. There's tax liens, tax deeds. There's all these little niches that most people don't know about, but that are very lucrative if you bring your work ethic, And your curiosity. And those are the things that have enabled me to write books, promote other people's products. Probably 12 or 15 of my streams of revenue are me promoting somebody else's product or service that I believe in. I'm like really passionate about it. You should go here. You should do that. You should sign up for this. Like the guy who teaches Airbnb, I sell tons of people to his courses because he's so good. You within two to two weeks you could be creating revenue even if you have zero money. Hello, where is that possible today? My mother, eighty-three year old, Airbnb's a room in her house that I bought her, um, and she makes sixty-two dollars and fifty cents a night. How? She's got a good work ethic, and she got my son, her grandson, to teach her how to do Airbnb. And she was able to buy herself a new Honda Civic nice. with the money she makes from Airbnb. So if my 83-year-old mother can do it, what's your excuse?
0: Yeah. yeah. What you said on notes, Rock, is a huge one. I love that piece of it. I was mentored in doing that. And if, you, if it's important... Take notes, honor the other person you're listening to take notes, but also help remember and lean in. I like that lean into learning. Matter of fact, you come from real estate. This was by Joe stump. He owns by referral only. It's a real estate. I was 20 years ago and I have him to thank for that modeling Five fifth spoke here spiritual. And I saw you speak to that in the assessment on your website to the spiritual aspect. So talk to us about what you do in that spoke your daily habits and what you employ in your spiritual world
1: well it's interesting you have that book awareness because that's one of the words that i use a lot now is i my goal is to be as aware as possible yeah. so my cravings my habits my doubts my moods the emotions that are bubbling up i went to india two years ago for a one week meditation retreat um, i 've spent some time in Bhutan on a yoga retreat i 've gone to Vietnam and to Machu Picchu with uh, my tribe so as I have handled the money game more and more and i 've handled the you know my health is is Dutchwood god bless is phenomenal, I find spirituality now becomes more like that that main thing. So I meditate more. I'm into music more. It feels more grounded. I feel more connected to source, and that's now becomes more of the important piece to me. I, I now even sometimes I watch movies or I see a movie coming out that I used to think would be fun, and I look at it and I go, "It's like trash. I wouldn't even want to five minutes of looking at that. That would just be like feel like junk food for my mind." So I'm more into documentaries. I'm more into all that kind of thing. So do I go to church and and pray? I don't go to church. I do pray, but it's more to a universal energy. And that's just what I was exposed to. But I think that that's where it's at. I think like Wayne Dyer said, I think we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. Yeah. And my goal is to be, you push my own evolution awareness as much as possible, to be kind and loving to people. I spent a lot of, Time in my life being a warrior because that's what I grew up I still have the sword it's just in the sheath a lot more and doesn't need to be pulled out before I had it out swinging it around all the time chopping things up and, and being aggressive now my goal is to be a little bit more gentle a little bit more supportive a little bit more loving but at the same time a force for good yeah. with standards for an epic life and I think that that's achievable
0: just prior to when your show publishes with us, rock, uh, we'll have had a show with Johnny, uh, Pollard, who is you know, the one giant mind app. Here's his book, the golden sequence on meditation. And part of my testimony, even in the intro, which I wrote recently to that show is that it's gotta be close to 75% of the folks that I do this habit show right here, testify to, meditation and whether they are uh, no regardless of, of their religious aspect that they are maintaining as brain training which goes back mm-hmm. to the programming that we talked about so much in the first show together number 6 spoke rock is career and the things that you do have done and do to keep your career in the place that it needs to be and i know with you like almost everybody i talk to you have so many opportunities so many different directions you could go so what are the things that keep you on the path you feel like you need to be for a healthy career? Me,
1: we, they. So what I typically do is I master something. Like when I started my real estate office, started with one person in my garage, then I added another person, then I added another person, and I have them watch what I do. My Mm -hmm. listing presentation, my sales technique, my phone calls, etc. And then I give them a piece of that to do and I watch them. It's kind of like how you taught your child to, you know, maybe chop oranges or whatever. You say, look, here's what you do. Cut it this way, not that way. You cut it this way and this way here. You hold the knife. Let me help you. And you bit by bit do it until you get to the point where they've done it over and over and over again. They have confidence and you can leave the room and they can do it. So I've built most of my businesses that way by being in the trenches, by being a doer, figuring out how to do it. And now I have two real estate offices with 225 salespeople. I have managers that I've hired. I used to do their job but now they do it because I've watched them do it. I have a once a month or once a week meeting with my key people from my different companies. And we talk about how I can support them. It's mostly about me now working for them. They've got the opportunity of running my company and I need to go okay so what do you need you need to you know better tools for hiring people you need renovations you need to hold an event okay you want me in town for the awards gala great i'll prepare a speech etc and then once that is kind of on cruise control then i can go off and start another business as far as me personally i have coaches i have mentors in different areas i have my mastermind group where we talk about different Books that we're reading, like traction, how to run meetings, how to hire, how to fire, how to communicate, how to inspire, how to create culture. All those pieces that the best business people are employing, we're constantly in a modality of uploading, improving, and getting better and better. So I have a metaphor called support, encourage, and challenge. And we know that different people in the company at different times need more support. Some need encouragement and some need challenge. So depending on where they're at, we employ those different modalities. So for me, it's one business at a time, build it up, then go to the next one once I have somebody in there that can run it. And that's what I enjoy doing. I think also you have to understand who you are. I'm an entrepreneur, so I like to start things. I'm not a maintainer. I can finish. I can maintain. But my preference is the vision part of it. I see what most people don't see. I have the ideas for it. And then I need to assemble the team and then I leave and they do the day-to-day operation, that bores me as a general rule, because I have that creative fast thinking mind doesn't make me better than anybody else. You just got to know who you are. And so I surround myself with people that are good at, at managing and maintaining operations and other people are really good at finishing the detail work, et cetera. So you got to know, have, have a team of people that fit the different roles Mine is I'm an idea guy. I have like a hundred ideas a game. I need somebody that is going to put those ideas in a parking lot. Otherwise the team gets overwhelmed. Like, well, we can't do those hundred ideas. No, we'll do those three this month. Rock. The others have to wait, but I'm like, Oh, that's a great idea. They go, I know, but it's gotta wait. So, That's my answer for your career question.
0: Uh, Yeah. I have come to realize that the people I adore most in my work, I think are the managers because I am no good at it at all. Uh, Personal is the last one. And I so appreciate you, you were up at five thirty this morning, spent, would you say an hour and a half playing the piano? That's the question is the personal piece. Now all of this is personal, but what are the things that you do? Put them in the fun category, the play category the just, I do it for joy category.
1: Well, I played golf at a tournament yesterday, so that was fun. Um, I bike, I swim, I play almost any sport given the opportunity, whether it be ping pong, tennis, volleyball, et cetera. I love music. I love to dance and I play the drums also. So I'm toggling between the two. Um, I enjoy a nice kind of cuddling with my lady, watching a good movie or just kind of being at home relaxed. And I'm blessed with Having two mastermind groups, I've averaged 28 trips a year for the last six years. That's about 180 trips. So beaches, playing, hiking, out in nature, mountain biking, skydiving, zip lining. I mean, you name it. I've probably done it. And so there's there's no lack there. There's tons of stuff. I would say I'm a more physical person than, say, to go sit and watch a baseball game for three hours. I'd rather be playing. So that's just my style. I'm a little bit more of a a get up and get at it kind of guy. And I like to, like, I'll get on my bike and just drive to the gym and hang out there for two, three hours. So I don't know if that's exciting or fun for other people, but that's, that's kind of how I
0: roll. Sounds fun for me. We, w- we would enjoy a day together, uh, no doubt. Next time in, I'm in Phoenix. Now, thank you so much, Rock, for giving us just a behind-the-scenes and a snapshot at the things that you're doing day-to-day, walking them out so that you can be the person that you want to be. And thanks for bringing that person to us and blessing us with your message.
1: Oh, my pleasure. It's a, a real pleasure to meet you, Kevin. Thanks, Rock.
0: Well, friends, I bet this has you inspired to instill some new habits into your habits and healthy rituals. Again, get Rock's book, The Power of Your Identity, free and take his life assessment at rockthomas.com.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash
0: talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up next in show 678, we have our Q&A show. Who needs a coach, consultant, or counselor? Who doesn't? And if you are one, what do you need for a healthy and prosperous business? We have two focal points here. One, if you are a human who wants to progress in your life, getting guidance can be incredibly powerful. Should you get some? From who? A coach, a consultant, or a counselor. And we'll talk about the differentiating factors between those titles. Two, if you are or want to be a coach, consultant, or counselor. And want to increase your sanity, help your clients more, and make more money, what can you do? Well, we kick off with a three-minute clip from Zig Ziglar where he talks about the reality that we all have weak areas and could probably use help. And if we have a healthy self-image, we will seek out help. He actually tells a true story of his son and Ziglar's CEO, Tom Ziglar, who needed to get help for himself at one point. But though I know he's done it a lot of times. From this message, I posted this question on Facebook. Who has ever hired a coach or consultant or counselor with good results? Well, we got a lot of responses from a wide variety of experiences. I had Michelle Prince join me. She's coached in many areas of business throughout her life, and she's gotten coached as well, which you'll hear about. Right now, I will say Michelle is focused on book publishing, nonfiction, and a lot with business people who want to expand their message. If that sounds like you, I would check her out at michelleprince.com. But what the question led to was hitting what I believe are the key topics, those who could benefit uh, from paid help, which I think is all of us, that they need to know. And we hit the key elements for those who are coaches, consultants, and counselors, or want to be, that they need to know for themselves, their businesses, and their clients. As our entire listening audience is here to progress, I don't know anyone this show is not highly relevant for.